If people ask you if you want to go do something in life, just say, why wouldn't a guy? Or why wouldn't a girl? This is Jared Stoll from the Saskatoon Blazers. You're listening to the Monday Nooner Podcast. She says, my daughter just walked in and she wants to know if you can play some Beatle music. Well, this lady wanted the Melville Rhythm there. The old time folk could dance and not the millionaire. <laughs> but as you know, the millionaires is a pretty synonymous name. And she wanted the Melville Rhythm there. So I felt embarrassed, guys. Like, so she said, you know, you sound like a really good guy. What's your name again? So I said, John Gaditza, Melville Rhythm here. She never thought I'd be a star. Had no money and I had no car. Got lucky, got a break. Made some money, that's all it takes. And that, that's forever. And that, that's forever. And that, that's forever. Now, 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 now. Well, hello. Welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to twirl number 98 of the Monday Nooner podcast. The pod again this week brought to you by our two title sponsors in Rosetown, Mainline GM and Mainline Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram out in Rosetown. And a little quick plug for the Chrysler store out there. They've got a ton of inventory on the lot. And right now, a little promotion. When you buy a new ride at the Chrysler store, you get the choice of a $500 co-op gift card or a $500 Costco gift card. So make sure uh, you get your next vehicle out at the uh, King of Trucks in Rosetown, that promotion at the Chrysler store. Introduce the guys here this week. I figured uh, we might have some new listeners since uh, the last time I really gave the fellas a good introduction. So Shane, I was doing a little homework, found out you are uh, Div 3, former Div 3 champion with... uh, the Nauticu Hockey League, and get this, folks, the most goals by a defenseman in the Western Hockey League in 97-98, 22 tucks that year, Belts. Yeah, happy to be back, and uh, actually got got a, my own one and only hat trick in the dub against uh, the Kelowna Rockets, which kind of a little segue into our guest tonight. But yeah, back off my option and guzzling a little GW logger tonight and ready to roll. Yeah, and our uh, other... Host here tonight, the 2007 Highway Hockey League most sportsmanlike player. Hard to believe, isn't it? Barney Shinkrook, uh, the most sportsmanlike 15 years ago in the Highway League. I was uh, was a first team All Star too, right? That year, alleged that far. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't take a lot of penalties. My older uh, age, just out there, uh, out there getting sticks and gas and staying out of the box. That's the name of the game, isn't it? Did not go into any scrums after the whistle. Yeah. Or big uh, rounded corners. Classic. Think, yeah. No, only two uh, fisticuffs in the whole twirl there in the highway hockey league. Hey, you know, that's another good point. You bring that up. Something that I wanted to bring up a long time ago, because like you said, so many people joined us in the last like few weeks. People are like, why is it the Monday nooner? And it comes out on Thursday. Classic. Or, nooner. you know, so the story behind this whole thing was it started as a joke during COVID in Regina, Saskatchewan. And we used to have a skate Mondays at noon at the Brandt center with Pat's alumni, Pat's sponsors. Um, and Mike Sillinger, we joked was like the godfather ever Jamie Heward, another NHLer was out there. So we used to have this Monday nooner skate. And then we kind of, for a joke, decided one day to try a podcast during COVID because there was nothing else going on. So I think I convinced Boz to sneak into an old place where we worked. 
and we did it and we actually had more <laughs> listeners than we thought. And then the next week was more listeners than the next week. So we just kind of continued. Uh, and, sorry, go ahead. Of course, the godfather of the show, Sean Kindop, can't forget about him. <laughs> I was listening back to some old twirls. I'm like, oh, Kindrel. Yeah, he was an absolute a staple on the show. He didn't really know what he was getting into. And he'd kind of just sit there. He'd actually add the odd funny thing. Art story. When, 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 massage story. What's the, uh, what's the saying? Um, when the rubber hits the road pavement or whatever, it's the road. Then he kind of danced off into the sunset because it was like hey uh, sean can you do this maybe this week and it was like i'm just here for the jobs boys (laughs) such a geek (laughs) yeah no he's always good for the uh uh, if you'd have told me and we're just what at one of those you'd have told me moments for all our long time a couple more shows more yeah next week kelly taylor twirl 100 bring him back every 50 but yeah, we're getting good. off track, and I know Kinner's going to be texting Shane and being like, yeah. what are you guys talking about? Whining, man? yeah. And then, so maybe just one more quick thing while we talk about it. That band off the start, it's like the official band of the Monday Nooner. It's Fran Moran and the Nervous Rex. You can download it on iTunes and Spotify, and it's guest of the show, uh, Troy Volhofer, friend of the show uh, from Country Thunder Music Festivals. And whatnot. That's his band. So it's Fran Moran and the Nervous Rex, a lot of fun. So yeah, there's a couple of little history moments for for all you people that have only tuned in in the last few months here. Twirl 98, like we mentioned, uh, come up this week. Of course, the come up, as always, brought to you by General Well Servicing, covering Southeast Saskatchewan and Southwestern Manitoba. Mike Fowler and his team, they're hiring out in the oil field their uh, belts. Yeah, I wonder if they're looking for weapons for provincials. I guess they did they have to have their uh, their list in already, or can they yeah, pick up some old weapons ago. still? Yeah. yeah, so they're screwed. But hey, go down there and work. Maybe we'll pay a little extra. Maybe you can uh, teach some power skating down there to the fellows. Get the fellows all tuned up for provincials. And uh, yeah, we got a we got a wicked twirl coming up this week. Uh, Shank, what do we got? What do we got going on? Were you teaching power skating last week? Is that why you were here? Yeah. Me teaching power skating? No, I wasn't much of a power skater. I was a power passer. And uh, I played like D, D zone coverage, man on mad D zone coverage. I got cut. But if they played like a zone coverage where I had just a little area where I didn't move and players come in and out, I could survive in that. But yeah, no, I was not teaching power skating. I was there at it watching. <laughs> okay. So coming up, now that we cleared that up, yep. um, we are going to talk about, we're probably going to do this right away here. A pretty cool initiative uh, that we're kind of trying to do for provincial for a provincial hockey game. We're going to try and load up as many uh, Monday Nooner listeners as we can and head to a game. So we're going to talk about that in a bit. Uh, Monday Nooner Player of the Week for Richie Brothers Auctioneers and the Last Mountain Distillery Tarp. I know I think Brandon has one, but I got some information today on a couple of veterans that were called into duty this past week to play up north and i'm talking like i think i can still play once in a while at 44 and these guys hats off to them when you hear their age and and i guess they played well they po- had points they they're both really what was good it players, but- uh one of our early episodes we talked about like the oldest senior hockey players or the longest and the one guy that comes to mind for me is hornet Nielsen, Russ Nielsen's dad, Lauren from Wilkie. He's almost 60 and I'm pretty sure he played last year or two wow. years ago. That's like he's in good shape. But anyway, 
Yeah, I don't have a player of the week per se. I have a bunch of nominees, so we'll toss that around uh, and reward some tarp or yeah. a couple tarps here later so, on. So, yeah, there'll be a lot of t- senior hockey talk. And then our interview this week, very unique, but it, it, it it's it's got such a cool story behind it because this guy was, it might be safe to say, Shane, the most successful WHL scout team builder staff member that, well, he was never a coach, but this guy like had his hands in so many championships, maybe pass it off to you to talk about him. Yeah. I mean, like even asking him in the interview about the, the guys that he's recruited that went on to win Stanley cups, he doesn't even realize he could probably fill up two hands and maybe a, maybe a whole foot, but uh, yeah, no absolute weapon from, uh, from the Swift current area down South there. He worked for, Still working for 30 some years with the Kelowna Rockets. Uh, <clears throat> Scout, I guess he's now senior advisor, Lauren Fry, coming up on the show. So, Is he? like any, anybody our age and maybe a little bit younger, a little bit older, will we'll definitely know Lauren. And uh, he's come up on a lot of our tours as well. So, he's uh, in a great interview. Exactly. So many guys have brought him up on twirls. And then he just shed some light, right? Like I, we ask him, um, uh, you know, what's the youngest you ever saw us? I, I kind of no miss. And then you're talking about guys that were late bloomers that made the NHL, you know, unbelievable. So yeah, Lauren Fry coming up. Uh, and that's the whole program pretty much for general well servicing and the good girls and boys down there still hiring as we talked. Hey, our last show recap um, as we, we do. What was our last show now? Twirl 96, our last full episode. I don't even remember who we had on. Terrible memory. Riley Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Munzee. Hunter. <coughs> <Weapon. Honor>. Money. <laughs> what a weapon. The, the Mun story that you put on Twitter <laughs> was great. I love I love the little pink towel that the Russian skate sharpener guy <laughs> gave him. And then just how passionate he was about figure skating. And, uh, and he was good. Triple Salcow. He was all in. Yeah. yeah pretty yeah. amazing. Pretty amazing story that, uh, well, if people haven't listened, go back and listen to his story. He was uh, quit hockey at like what, Peewee to yeah. figure skate and then quit figure skating, went back to hockey like in his WHL draft year or somewhere around then and went on kind of out of nowhere to play two games in the NHL. It's a pretty terrific story, actually. So, uh, yeah. And he's in the coaching world now. And like you said, I think it was you that moving up really fast in the coaching ranks and you know, cause Colby, right. That's his brother's Colby Armstrong. And, uh, he would definitely have, um, a future in broadcasting if he didn't want to coach. Cause he can just talk. Yeah. You know, he was really good. I thought that was a great twirl you guys did all around. I was there for the interview, but I took the option on the show that night, but uh, yeah, Paco joined us. He did, and he's always good, right? Paco's an absolute gem. Doesn't put up with much guff. No, he's yeah, he's not a he's a no guff guy, right? Like yeah, yeah, he's, he's a, not he's gonna. A you know how you kind of have sometimes <laughs> guys on or you talk to him, and then just kind of oh yeah, they'll just agree with you for the yeah. sake of agreeing. Oh, no yeah, guff. yeah, yeah. And Paco will go like, mm, no, not at all. That's not <laughs> that's not true. I don't think that. I just I love it. Yeah, my yeah. Uh, my favorite Paco line in the last two twirls without belts is, and you're like. What do you know about a Cinnaboy? He's like, ah, uh, they got blue and orange jerseys. <laughs> Whatever it was. Insider. We need our mm-hmm. Div 3 insider back belts. Nice to have you Moosh, back. I'm back, boys. I'm back tonight. Uh, yeah. Hey, so that, 
the last show recap is for global ag risk solutions boys crop insurance like no other you need uh, crop insurance works hard as you do that's where those guys come in over there guys and gals uh yeah egg i was looking here egg risk solutions.ca if you're looking for some uh, unique crop insurance i'm gonna say you can chat with an advisor if you want to talk to babs give us a shout we'll give you babs's number and you can give him a call and he can lead you in the right direction okay let's give this to global agris solutions too because it it's got a farming feel to it did you see this a couple of weeks ago brandon you probably did this is from two weeks ago the outlook rcmp have issued the following public notice about a large theft of approximately 96,000 pounds of canola. Sometime oh, wow. between Friday, October 15th, Monday, November 22nd, someone removed 48 tons of canola from a grain storage bin in the RM of Rudy at the land location, Northwest 230, blah, 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 whatever. Have you ever heard of that? Just people uh, stealing that much canola? How long would that take you, boss, to auger that much canola into yeah, the old, uh, I don't know, the old semi? That's... Uh... I mean, that's not just a quick fly by night. Like that to me is somebody that's got some information about somebody being away or, you know, down in Mexico. And yeah, you hear about it though. Like, you know, especially these, the price of canola right now. I mean, maybe, maybe they built a little tunnel speaking of Mexico and tunneled it about five miles outside of the other way. Inside job. And then they had a little track like uh Pablo. Did you say did you say ninety-six thousand pounds? El Chapo. Uh what was that guy's first name? Uh ninety-six thousand pounds of canola. I wonder what that works out to in bushels. I don't know that. I'm I'm surprised they didn't go bushels. Not that a lot of people would know that, but I guess the farmer in the area that's putting up a brand new shop to be a little suspicious. (laughs) How many how many bushels in a pound or vice versa? Okay. I'm going to check it here. Let's global agris solutions. You're getting a lot of bang for your buck. This is a question I've wanted to ask people probably that my whole life, what the fuck is winter wheat? What do you mean? It's wheat that's grown in the winter. Yeah. You plant it in the fall and it grows throughout the winter and then comes up in the spring and bingo, bango, bongo. How does it grow throughout the winter? Seed germinates. And then it, I don't know, just it's, does. It's minus 50. I, I'm, I'm serious asking a serious question here. Like it's, I could see it planted kind of like, you know, guys do um, grass seed or fertilizer, they'll yeah. dump it on their lawn, then they'll let it snow. In, and then this summer golf courses, whatever. I, I just do. I've never got the winter wheat thing. Are you looking it up on Google right now? I found it. I found it just shy of 2000 bushels. 1920. <laughs> You're so far behind. <laughs> yeah. What's 2000 times 25. What do you have? I'm not a fucking calculator. <laughs> thousand times 25, 40. No. Come on, fellas. Drinking 50,000 bucks? Canola? Uh, that's goo. That's I it. don't know. Like buying a Bitcoin. We could buy, hey, we could we could build and sell a nooner NFT shink. Get a nooner NFT going and we'll make some uh, is global egg risk really getting their money's worth here? Or are they gonna be like, what did we just sponsor here, fellas? Well, you know what we could do is we, I'll get, we'll get into that when we start talking about the nooner possible trip. We might be going on a little bit of let's, a little bit go, of a wagon. I think go to that. Right I think now. winter wheat. I think what happens is you seed it in the fall, you really shallow, it and grows it grows real like, deep. Grows real quick, like within a whatever six weeks, it's done growing before the 
cold weather and then you combine it after the hard winter right. i think they, don't they, quote they, me on this i should probably know the answer to this they we never grew it, it they should call it late fall wheat yeah <laughs> no you don't combine like, it you don't call combine it in the fall but then wouldn't it so it just it just dorm goes dormant yeah, like it dies. Like the, all grain dies before you combine it. It's dead. But do you think you'd get squashed and shit and all fucked up with the snow? <sighs> City kid, eh? Oh, you, you're looking up Google. You're the freaking kid that grew up on a farm. I'm not looking Google. up Google the bushels. If you, if you ask me how to take a manhole cover and hide somebody down it, I'd be able to tell you how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Mayfair Sports, let's go. <laughs> Hunter's Marine. Oh, yeah. Shane, get into, get into you the You asked me about the Midnight Madness Hill at Hunter's Marine. I'd tell you all about that shit. <laughs> Wood water skis, let's go. Okay, well, seriously, though, let's go here. Let's move on. Get into okay. it, Shane. Talk about it. It's good. Winter wheat. No, we're going to sell I'm some just, NFTs. You get, a free, you get a free seat on the bus with your NFT purchase. There's somebody, so there's how some... much canola did they steal on Outlook? <laughs> Somebody brings those guys to justice that stole the 50k in canola. You get a free seat on this bus. Here's Just making it rain. We're going to game two of the is it north or south? I guess it's south. Yeah. A series between the Balcaris Bronx and the visiting Drake Canucks. February 5th. Is that a Friday? Saturday. Saturday, February 5th. Yeah. In Balcaris, buses leaving Regina at around 4.30. 70 bucks gets you the bus ride there and from. There's only 20 seats. It's an, actually a fun bus, like a party bus. Seats, music, and a game ticket and refreshments from our friends at Great Western Brewing. So just DM us on any of the socials. And first 20 guys in, we're going. Balcaris, Drake, February 5th, Saturday, Look on the socials, get in on it. Maybe if you want to buy your husband a nice present or your wife or whoever, there you Girlfriend. go. It's going to be a good hockey game. If we can fill it up, I'll actually phone Mrs. Blair. She's got three weapons on the Drake team. See if she'll make us a couple dozen cupcakes for the ride home. A little treat for the fellas. And would Drake maybe chuck in a, like a meat tray of some sort, like a nice sausage tray? Some jerky, some teriyaki. Uh, let's go with I bought tray. some uh, Drake meat spear sticks. Yeah, the other day they're slow fantastic if we bring a slow cooker and they bring a ham we can let it go for the three hours of the game and then on the way home we'll cut that thing up there's Pulled a torque bolt converter in the bus let's go so yeah on topic here that uh seat's still available when we record this so they're going fast so if you do want to get a seat on the bus grab a couple buddies it'll be a fun night out when's the last time you could do uh Night out for that kind of price, bus transportation, couple beverages, your game ticket is all included in uh, one price. So, and if you haven't been to the Balcaris bar in the rink, it's fun times. It is like a revamped small town. It's like the curling rink, wasn't it? And they revamped it and made it into this like saloon. I'll be yeah. checking tickets at the door. Oh, yeah. You're well. the conductor. You're, you're the, the conductor. Con- I'm going to bring a hat. Be checking tickets. Make sure you got your uh, tickets and I'll give you a punch. I'll bring my little hole punch thing and punch your ticket. Can you? Yeah. I was just going to say like on the subway and then you punch out people's ticket. Punch in, punch out. Yeah. Or punch you in the face, but we got her. There you go. Put us in, uh, send us a DM 70 bucks. Gets you all the whole whack. We might even do a show on the bus. Live show. Live show. Maybe. Maybe Maybe not. There we go. 
By the so, way, the game uh, we advertised seven, and it's going to be at eight. Gubba gave us some bad information. So that game is at eight, if anybody saw our post. Told him maybe we'll just go an hour early and grab some pizzas or something. Yeah. And, uh, hang out and guzzle. But, uh, yeah, let us know if you want in sooner rather than later. Let's go. Bus might leave a little later from the tap. Oh, Have an extra tap. round at the tap before we go. There we go. Okay, what are we getting to now? Shoutouts? Shoutout time? Shoutouts, yeah. Synergy AG boys, Brad Amner. That's what who always brings us shoutouts. Absolute weapon crop input dealer. You guys, we talked about this before. They got locations all over the place. Pelcaris, Lumsden, Pants, Yorkton. Golden. Provo. I'm coming to Grenfell. Grenfell. Yeah. So then we do yeah, the same all over the place. every week for them. Yeah, give them a shout. Every week we give the same read. Gotta go through where the locations well, we are. We gotta. Boys are buzzing out there. You know what? And I uh I've, I said this before, I get random followers from people at Synergy AG and uh, yeah, all over the place. And I think it's pretty cool when I look them up. And uh, yeah, I love having her. He's a beauty. Let's roll. Who's got the shout outs? I got one. There was a group of uh, officials at a senior hockey game in my old hometown on the weekend. Sask West, they had, uh, I think it's the first time probably anywhere in Saskatchewan and hopefully the first of many times, two females as the uh, head officials, the refs, I guess. Um, yeah, so I wanted to give a shout out to those ladies, Britt Danberg and Jessica Coleman. We're wearing the uh, the red armband there for that senior game between the Wilkie Outlaws and the Crawford Tigers. Thought that's pretty cool and hopefully uh, first of many more to come with a female officiating senior hockey so kudos that to those ladies outstanding very you cool know what my shout out was <clears throat> referees as well shout out to refs putting up especially the younger uh the younger kids that are out there refing these days when it's so cold putting up freezing rinks no gloves they're not allowed to wear gloves i would like to see that um Dress code changed, especially for the younger kids. When some of these rinks are minus 30, minus 40, can we just change that up? It seems a little archaic, like, you know, office, an office that ladies have to wear pantyhose still or something. Like it's, it's old school. <laughs> can we get the kids some gloves? <laughs> ladies don't have to wear panties anymore in Shink's office. You're good to pantyhose, go. Pantyhose, <laughs> you clown. Oh, pantyhose, okay. Sorry. That's some some offices like up until about eight years ago, they would say no if you're wearing a skirt, you had to wear pantyhose. I could Come not on. believe it, and really? I'm not going to say the business. I absolutely hmm. ridiculous. I got a shout out. I got a shout out, fellas, to uh, actually the new new president at the university where I work. He's an absolute weapon. He's actually been uh, been pretty good change of pace there so far. And he uh, he actually uh, said to me the one day, I, said, I don't know what I'd said to him. And he says, you know what, Shane, as long as I can come on the Monday Nooner podcast and, and do an interview. So uh, big shout out to Jeff Keshen. He's a huge hockey fan, huge sports fan, and uh, makes a, probably a few more sheets than we do, fellas. But uh, we'd like to, he wants to come on the pods. We might have to get him on, do a little how japping. About, so big shout out to him. Jeff gets the uh, university to sponsor the podcast. Sponsors the pod. Yeah, I, I don't go, know Jeff. how that would go over. Probably like a lead balloon, but uh, yeah. There's an idea. What? We can we can sling dorms for them or the owl. What's up with the owl this week? Boz, do some. Boz can go and float by. Do, <laughs> live at the owl. Live at the owl. Quick drop in live show. Yeah, the old it's owl. So Nice big dance floor. Beauty. There you go. Shout out to that guy. I got... Uh, I got one more. 
sticking on the uh, the female trend, I guess. Shout out something I saw on uh, social media. Shout out to a lady by the name of Aisha Visram. I'm sure I butchered that, but uh, she became the first female to work on an NHL team on the bench during a game in the history of hockey, uh, which I thought, wow, you're telling me there's never been a female, which is speaking of archaic. That sounds crazy to me, Yeah. but she became the first female to work. Uh, and she was working as a athletic trainer for the Los Angeles Kings. The last call out, up. first female up. ever to have a position behind the bench in any capacity in the national hockey league. So awesome. again, it's 2022 feel like that, probably should have happened i'm sure there's a lot of qualified women for a lot of those roles decades ago but nice to see finally uh that moving in the right direction direction so shout out to her monday nooner there we go we should get t-shirts made i got one more down with pantyhose what i want to give a shout out to uh we talked about this before shank too like and you know too you've been through it graham hayes i want to give a shout out to him he's uh taking care of the spring the spring team that sam's playing on and like man these guys run some Pretty wild practices. I've actually learned a ton about uh, my own practices, running them for these little guys, uh, watching these guys run some stuff. So it's uh, refreshing seeing those guys. I know they do a ton of work, but uh, appreciate them. Yeah, Kenrick Exner at the kind of the same well. school of thought. Yeah, they have all those cool drills, but still, we need more full ice horseshoes. I don't care who we are. Gotta go. It's a good. It's a good full ice, and then you maybe do some uh, different variations of it. But I, I know Graham sh- Hayes. I've never seen that guy smile actually. Graham I Hayes. think Never I did smile. the other. I did the other day. Did you? I think yeah. I think oh, Sean like Stefan just died. I think Sean Stefan might be starting a line of apparel with the full ice horseshoe on it. Shank, I think you got him going. His wheels are turning, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna copyright it, and he's gonna take off. It might be his new business venture. Well, copywriting would be tough. But the shovel. I would take a T-shirt and wear it proudly. Yeah, I know you would. Yeah, Stefan's working on it. That shout outs this week for Synergy AG. We should uh, blast right into the interview. Oh, Larney. Can I, before we give the interview, we got to give this guy a plug again because I don't, I hate doing it at the end of the show. And I think we're going for lunch with him. How about GB Construction Al Batters? We're almost, we're, we are almost out of all paraphernalia gear that we had because people just loved it so much. Thanks, GB Construction. If you need them for anything, they're awesome. Yeah, good guy, uh, good guy, old Al Matters. Speaking of the interview, Boz, we're ready to rock and roll. Lauren Fry, yeah. what a weapon. Fired up. How many years was he in Cologne? I know you probably got that right in front of you there. You'd said it was 30-some odd well, years. I started in Tacoma, a- whatever year he they still, came into the league. He still 90. has winter wheat on his Google up there. 91? <laughs> I'm still looking at 1,920 bushels right now, so I can't even... Can't even bring that up. But I think yeah, it was like no. early 1990, 1989 to 1992 when Tacoma came in, somewhere in that. And big, big shout out before we really get it. Big shout out to Lauren's wife, Jan. She stood beside him during the whole interview. Few little chirps in there to help help remind the old fella of some uh, some stuff that went on. Jan, mom of Josh Barker, old buddy of mine back in the day. So shout out to her as well. Helped out. Uh, Helped out a ton. So, fellas, we'll get into that right now. Always brought to you by Kent Bittner, mortgagefrommycouch.com. Talk to Bitsy this week. Beauty he is. He's uh, on a little vacay. Why wouldn't a guy go catch some sun? And, uh, yeah, look forward to talking to him when he gets back. Here we go. Lorne Fry. 
All right, guys, joining us from Swift Current, Saskatchewan, old Speedy Creek legend in the WHL. We're going to call him uh, player personnel scout, Lauren Fry. Lauren, thanks for hopping on the uh, the Monday Nooner podcast. Uh, you're welcome. So, Lauren, the way we kind of start these things is, uh, you know, we start with what are you doing now? We, we, we brushed on it a little bit before we got started here, but uh, if you want to tell the folks kind of what, what you're up to. Well, I'm still uh, working with the Kelowna Rockets as a senior advisor, supposedly. So uh, basically, I did a lot uh, with the 06 draft. I helped a lot with the 06 draft, but the 07 draft, I'm starting to cut back. And basically, I'm just watching kids in Saskatchewan now and uh, watching the, uh, you know, the uh, major junior teams that come through in the league and uh, make some evaluations of some of those players if we happen to have uh, you know, some interest in some of them down the road in a trade via trade or whatever. So that's basically it. I got to ask, you know, Kelowna, it seems they're not far off every year. Like there's, you know, it's, it's really hard in the WHL to kind of sustain things. I find that Kelowna, a Brandon, like there's these teams that every year it's, they just reload or they're always there in the WHL. How, how, how hard is it to be consistent well, it, it's very hard. And, uh, you know, uh, I think our, our philosophy all along has been to try to put the best team on the ice that we possibly can and a team that's exciting, that people want to come watch and want to see play, players I want to see play. The end result isn't obviously you want to win, but the end result, I mean, you're, you're, you're always trying to push for a championship, but the end result is you want to have a good program that, you know, is consistent and, uh, you know, if you play, you know, if you play 600 hockey or whatever, that's sort of what you try to accomplish to start with. And then if the end result is you do better, well, that's great. And then in the end result is if you got to make moves where you got a chance to win, then you got to, you got to do that. So it's, uh, but we've been fortunate over the years and that, I don't know, for whatever reason, we've just been able to hang in there. And, um, you know, the biggest thing is it started a long time ago when we moved into the new building. We developed the philosophy. We want to develop our own players and, and, and stake with our own players. So our drafts, the kids that we drafted, and if you go back over the years, we didn't make a lot of trades. We didn't make a lot of moves. We took our kids, our young kids, and we developed them and, uh, and, and worked with them and, 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 and tried to build from there. Now, just for people that aren't maybe familiar, and just correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been with that organization since it started, correct, back in Tacoma? Right, right. Since uh, the inception. So basically you've been with them probably in the neighborhood around 35 years. Yeah. So uh, we've, we've been, we've been, Bruce and I have been together for that long. So I was his first hire and uh, we've been together right up until a year, a year and a half ago. Well, I was still together, but. Who were your, sorry, who were your first uh, Bantam picks with Tacoma? Was it Flickle and Persofsky? Yeah. Yeah. Flickle. Yep. Uh, uh, um, Tyler uh, Persofsky. Tyler and yeah, and, and Flick and uh, those, and, and actually I, well, actually Jason Smith was our first one. So, and then I think we got Flick in the fourth round and then I'm not sure where we got Tyler. I think Tyler might've been in the late, a little later than that. So, but those were, those were, you go back that long way. And I remember, I, I remember, I couldn't believe at that time. And I'll be honest with you. I couldn't believe Swift current didn't take Flick. Like, like, you know, I couldn't believe they didn't take him because, I mean, they just won. I think they won the Western Canada Bantam Chips that year. Uh, and, and 
and Flick was unbelievable. And uh, I think he was the MVP in the tournament and everything else like that. And so they pass on him and I'm going, why are they passing on this guy? Local guy, Hodgeville. And I'm going, why would they be passing on him? And what they did, and he ended up being a great player for us. He had, he had four great years with us. So, and uh, he was really good for our franchise. So, and same with, I remember Jason Smith was our, I think it was Jason Smith. I can't remember. I know his last name was Smith. <laughs> so, only drafted about 700 players since then. So yeah, no kidding. I don't think it was Jason, but I can't remember his first name now to tell you the truth. So, but uh, no, that's where we got started. And then we just got going and that was the first draft. So that was the first draft the Western hockey league ever had. So up until then we had the rollover draft and stuff, but that was the first legitimate draft that the Western hockey league had. You did some coaching like way back. Um, was, was coaching not your thing, Lauren, or did you like kind of more of the scouting, the building and, and behind the scenes stuff? Well, well I, I coached here with, I was assistant here in Swift Current. I coached junior A and uh, I coached the university hockey for a year. And then coached junior A for three or four years and then came to Swift Current. And, and when Swift Current got the franchise back and I was assistant here for four years and we won the Memorial Cup in 89 and uh, you know, with that group and, and the thing about it is, is that I got to realize after a while, you probably had a little more longevity in scouting than you did in coaching. So, <laughs> so I mean, you could be coach of the year for one year and then be fired the next. So you'd rather be in a situation where you're, hey, you know, you got a little longevity if it works out. <laughs> On that Bronco and that your Bronco reign there when you were there, assistant coach, assistant GM, did you have a big hand in bringing in uh, Monday Nooner guest Kimby Daniels? No, I didn't have a hand in Kimby. Graham, uh, Graham James is the one that knew Kimby. He's the one that brought Kimby in. Like he knew Kimby from watching Kimby in the Manitoba, and he had he'd seen Kimby play in Manitoba. And the same thing with Sheldon and then Danny Lambert. Uh, it was Graham. He 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 was very familiar with those players, so he brought those guys in. I was more with you know we had the Kruger kids, we had the local kids like we had Tizzy, the Kruger yep. kill kids. And guys like that. So those are the ones that I was more familiar with. And those are the ones that I brought into the fold. And because Graham wasn't familiar with the, the, the kids around our area. So I was one that was one that brought those players in. Scotty Kruger was in PA and we ended up trading for Scotty to get him back here and stuff. So, yeah. So I was more involved in those kind of things. That, that Mem Cup team, was that one of the best teams you've ever been around? Uh, well, yeah, I would have to say so. We had a team in Kelowna, I think, when we won in, uh, I think, in 03, I think, with Shea Weber and those guys, yeah. which would probably be comparable to that. But that team we had in 89, that was an unbelievable hockey team. Like, we had four defense, we had three defense with 100 points. <laughs> and, and and our power play was running out almost at a clip of 40%. So, wow. And we had we had quite a team. Like, and, and then we had Trevor and Gold, who was, it was hilarious. I mean, he went... Sheldon used to say, Sheldon Kennedy used to say all the time, he's the only goaltender I know that has a goals against a 5-0, a safe percentage of 700, has won 57 hockey games. But I'll tell you one thing about Trevor. When the game was on the line, he made the saves. doesn't matter if we were up 4-1, down 3-1 or whatever. He made saves. And, uh, you know, so... Yeah. So no, he was, it, it was, it was a lot of, that was a great team. That was an unbelievable team. So this is a two part question. How much better would that team have been if they would have had the best 
18 year old in maybe exactly. the world. And then first part of the question though, who finds the kid from Burnaby? Well, it was funny because we, we, uh, when we got the team, uh, Joel was, Joel was on the list. Uh, Sakic, he was on the list and, uh, and it was really funny because he played previously, he played a bit the year before in Lethbridge as a 16 year old. Oh, and then really? We, and then he had, he had played a couple games. So then we got the team here in Swift Current. So we call him up and we're a little leery. We, we call him up and, and we're going, okay, Joe, he says, Swift Current. He says, where the heck is Swift Current Saskatchewan? <laughs> and initially he wasn't coming. And uh, so we ended up talking to him. We flew him in here and we met with him and, uh, you know, and spent some time. We spent a weekend with him. And then I went up to Camrose a couple of weeks later. He was playing in the, in that summer uh, program, they used to have that elite program and where they took all the best players out of each province and they played in that tournament up in Camrose. So I went up there and spent a weekend with them up there. And, uh, you know, we had some chats and uh, had a couple pops and cokes and stuff and had some chats and we were able to get him here. And uh, it's funny because when we started out, we knew he was a good player. And we, we talked about that in practice, like Graham and I talked, you know, he's a good player. But all of a sudden, we realized about two months is he's going to be a special player. So it didn't take long for us to figure it out. So it, he, he was he was unreal. Did his? You're right. Did, you're right. Uh, if he had stayed, if he if he would have been oh, with us that Memorial oh, Cup here, oh, wow. I don't think we, we wouldn't have lost a hockey game. I, <laughs> uh, I think we would have went 68 and 0 or 66 and 0, whatever it was. We could. I guarantee you, we wouldn't have lost the game. You could have wow. traded. You could have traded Kimby. You didn't. Yeah. didn't even have needed him. <laughs> you know, one uh, thing about one thing about Kimby in that year, people I don't think understand this. He was 16 years old. He scored 31 goals, and they were all five on five. Yeah. And and not one was a power play goal or whatever at that time. He and as a 16 year old, he had 31 even strength goals at that year. And it was amazing. Like he he was a credible player. He was a great player too. <laughs> Kimby's probably the only guy. He's probably got the world record for the amount of times he's lost and then found his Mem Cup ring as well. <laughs> but I, I know he's. I know he's had to had to renew it a couple times. <laughs> had the insurance figure it out a couple times. But he was he was a phenomenal athlete. He was a phenomenal player. Like like going back, Lauren, and then maybe more specifically with with Joe because you said you know how he didn't know where Swift was. It was a little bit tough to get him here. Were his parents closely involved and then i guess another part are our parents more involved now than they were back then oh, well uh, joel's parents were really he it was funny they really said very little and uh they they supported us uh, when he got here I, joel did joel basically did this all by himself like wow joel came out we had little conversation little, little or no conversations with the parents regarding him and and to say now parents are involved right now <laughs> i hate to say it but it's ridiculous how they're involved. And I understand how parents, it's their, it's their son or their daughter that are playing and everybody wants the best for their son and their daughter. And I totally understand that. But and the, all the situation guys too, is this, the agents are becoming an issue as well. So a lot of these kids, they have agents now at 14, 15 years of age and, and you're dealing with them. And I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, it's very, very difficult for general managers in this league to, you, you know, you won't believe right now, even in our league right now, the number of kids playing on teams that have asked requests to be moved because what, for whatever, and that's coming from the agent. That's, 
basically right. 90% are coming from the agent or the parent. It's not coming from the kid. So it's really frustrating, I think, for a lot of general managers in major junior hockey, particularly in the Western Hockey League. I don't know what it's like down east or whatever. And the kids. But, uh, yeah, and it's hard on the kids, too. The kids don't want – the kids – I don't think the kids want it, but they get the pressure. And, you know, I've been around situations where after practice, the parents phone them every day and and, and call every day and, and see how things are going. How do things go in practice? You know, how come you're not playing on the power play at 16 years yeah. of age and stuff like this? So – it's 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 rampant, really. You you don't have to use names. Don't use names, definitely. But this is one thing we've asked some college or you know when it comes to recruiting. What are some crazy asks that you've heard from a parent or an agent when it comes to a kid, whether it's a trade or what they want? Um, and then Europeans, I hear the WHL is playing at a, a different game than out East because out East, they like shell out money to these guys to bring these euros in. And there must be some crazy asks from European agents as well. Well, yeah, initially over the years, there has been, uh, we, but again, we, you know, they let you know, so they'll, they'll let you know where they're, they're whether they're coming or not. <laughs> and, and, and so a lot of teams, a lot of teams will, and in, in years past, in the East, and you're right, in the East in particular, a lot of players wouldn't, you know, like Leon Dreisaitl was one, but PA went ahead and took him. They went ahead and took Leon, and he came. But he was threatened not to come initially. I don't think he was threatened not to come. They just went ahead and took him. But there's a lot of, a lot of players that were down there that did. I mean, I, I have no, I'm just, I'm like you guys probably. I hadn't done so, so have, I, it's all hearsay, but. Rumors are it's a lot of these teams, you know, did pay money to, to get a lot of these guys to stay there. But uh, a lot of once we, we found out that we had no chance, so we didn't even and they'll tell you, you know, you have no chance. They're not coming. So but uh, but no, that's that's that that's, you know, rampant down. You know, I mean, that, I don't know what it's like now. I don't know. I know yeah. we in the West didn't do any of that stuff like we were not allowed to do any of that stuff. So how much has the Bantam draft changed over the years? Uh, not, not totally a whole lot. The only thing that's changed is the players are better. Like these young kids now at this age, it's phenomenal with a lot of them with their ability. I mean, I wasn't a bad hockey player at 24, 25 years old, but my grandson skates better than I do when he's 12 years old. He skates better than I do. He skates better than his dad does when he was a pro for 12 years for Pete's sake. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't. I, I'm just I'm just amazed at how good these kids are at their ability to skate and handle the puck and thinking it's amazing how quick it is. Like there's not a lot of room out there for those kids, even peewees. It's amazing how quick they are and how good they are. Like it's it's incredible. Sorry, when you're watching these kids, I guess even at that age or whatever, what's the one one thing or the one intangible that is the most important or you really watch for when you're scouting the uh, kid? I'll be honest with you. I think his hockey IQ, like his ability to think the game read the game because they all skate so well. Now guys, they all skate so well, they handle the puck well, they, but it's, it's, you know, it's still the hockey IQ now is more relevant now than it used to be, I think, but because it's so quick, the game's so quick. It's so fast for these kids. They got to be able to think quick and they got to be able to execute quick. And, and to me, you have to have that ability, that hockey IQ to, to really, you know, and not all of them have it. Don't get me wrong. Not all of them have it. And, and it's hard for them, but, but uh, they get by on hard work and compete and, and stuff like that. But uh, you want to, like I say, the difference was the separation will be, I think, in a lot of cases between the elite and the not so elite is their hockey IQ. And, uh, 
And, and I think that's just a natural instinct that a lot of them have. So. So for some of our listeners that won't know this, back to your comment about your grandson and his dad, your son-in-law is Stanley Cup champion Travis Moen. So I just wanted to, to state that so people are wondering uh, that circle. Uh, you know, obviously you guys come from a from a hockey family, right? And uh, you know, and then Trav, uh, you know, he was he, he and again, here's a typical guy, a typical guy like Trav. Like if anybody, when he was 19 years old, and and you know, Shane, you probably know this as well as anybody. If anybody said this guy would have played 12 years in the National Hockey League, they would have said you're brain dead. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he was a, he was an average junior at best, and he got. But one thing about Travis, he got better every year, and then he got an opportunity to go to Chicago's camp as a twenty-year-old, and then he made it out of there all on his own. And he walked in as a free. He got on. He got invited as a free agent, and then it's almost impossible yeah. to get fined if you're walking on a team as a free agent at that age. And he, he, he asserted himself so well there that they signed him. And then two years later, he was in the National Hockey League. But he was a guy that, that got, you could see was getting better every year. And he worked hard at it. And he did what he had to do to get there. Which his job. You got to know the kind of player that he ended up being. So, yeah. I mean, so, he, had to, he had to fight and he had to hit and he had to be physical. And that's what he did to get there. So Brandon's listening closely. You know, you, you never, <laughs> never know. too late, fellas. Never too late. So it's going to be so, a reclaim. <laughs> Lauren, um, back to that, you know, when you're watching Pee Wee kids and, and you talked about that IQ, like give us a quick example of something that you, that you look for where you're like, you know, is it, is it, I don't know, something on a kid's backhand or he picks it up or he, he sees a stretch pass early. Like, is there an example that you right. see? Just, just their ability to, to make plays, like their ability to execute plays and then, and, and yeah. like, like one of the probably the one of the one of the and I guess you guys mean one of the probably the most impressive individuals I think I've ever had to do that was Duncan Keith. Like like his play when he when he came to us, like he would make these three little, four little, five little foot passes on guys' sticks that guys wouldn't even know they were coming. And 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 the guys would look at him and go and and they're in the open and they're in the clear. And there would be maybe two players between them and he'd still make that little four or five foot pass to him and away they go. So and that's what you sort of look for with these younger kids. Can they make those little kind of plays, those little smart plays? Can they see it? Can they read it? Can they can they do it? And uh, those those sort of the things are the things that you really try to try to really you know uh, you know look on and see you know they make you know these defensemen they have it so tough now. Can they make that quick little pass? Can they you know can they can they avoid the check and make that quick little pass and you know because they're under pressure or whatever and. Those are the kind of things that you're trying to look for. If they can make those kind of plays under pressure. So that's what you're looking for. When we had Mark Habscheid on, he uh, talked about the first time he laid eyes or when Shea Weber got called up as a young guy. What do you remember about uh, Shea in Kelowna? Well, it was funny because uh, I know my boss, like we, I listed Shea as a second year bat. I'm as a 15 year old at that time. And he never got drafted. And I saw him play a couple games out there and I, I liked him. I put him on. I didn't think he'd be the player that he was, but he ended up being pretty good. But I know we were at a junior. He was playing junior B in Sycamore, And I know he's a 16 year old. So my boss and I went out to watch him. And, and so the first period, Shay wasn't, uh, he was just so, so. And then my boss says, well, Lauren, what does this guy do? And I said, well, about five minutes later, he skates down the left side and blows one in from outside the blue line. And I said, well, he does that a little bit. I said, so, <laughs> 
but 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 it's funny. You know, it's funny, like uh, you know, with webs. In all honesty, uh, you know, Mark and and Mark, we had six pretty good defensemen back then. We had a pretty good defense core. Like we had Josh Georges, uh, Duncan Keith, uh, you know, Shea Weber, Shea Weber and uh, Mike okay. Card. They were probably and, and Slovak, and they, they were probably. Uh, you know, like Webbs was probably five and six, well, four and five at that time, because we had Brett Palin too. So four or five at that time. So that's what, and he, wow. and the reason he got drafted in the second round, because he didn't play a whole lot. Like he, not as much as you, not as much as a 17 year old as you would expect it, you know, because Mark used to bring those guys on a little slower and, you know, and, and give them, it wouldn't put them in situations where they would have fail or whatever like that. But, but uh, he was, he didn't play. And I think it's funny because he got drafted in the second round. A lot of guys were saying, well, how come he never went earlier? But he didn't play a whole lot, uh, you know, that year, the first year as a 17 year old. And then he just, uh, you know, the years after that, he just blossomed. He just bloomed. And, and it was amazing. He could shoot the puck and he, he screw. He got so much bigger. Like, I think when we listed him, he was about 5'10". And then he ended up being 6'2", probably a couple of years later. And he was so good. Like, he just unreal. How, how do you explain finding and, and the evolution of Jamie Ben to people? Well, there you go. So it was funny. Jamie Ben at Fort Fort as a Bantam played in Juan de Fuca as a Bantam. And it was really funny. And uh, I liked him. And he was small. He was about five foot six, five foot seven then. And I liked him. I invited him to camp, but he didn't come. He didn't get drafted. I invited him to camp and he didn't come. And I thought he was a pretty good player. So as a 16 year old, it's funny. Because as a 16-year-old, I'm, I'm surfing the net, and I'm surfing down there, and all of a sudden, Victoria has a junior B team. And all of a sudden, about five games into the, into the schedule, the leading scorer is Jamie Benn. So I phoned my – I had a scout in the island, uh, and I, I phoned my scout on the island. I said, have you seen Jamie Benn play? Have you seen Victoria play? And he says, no, I haven't. And, uh, and I hadn't seen him. I swear to God, I hadn't seen him for a year and a half whatever. And I said, have you seen him play? And he says, nope. He says, I haven't seen him play. Well, they played a couple of days later. So I said, go see him play. But in the meantime, I listened him that day. I put him on the list that day. So anyways, he goes and sees him and I'm going, okay, how big is he? Oh, he's about six feet now. And I'm going, are you kidding me? So I go see him about four or five days later, I go and meet with him and his dad. And, uh, and it, it and and I said to him, I I, honestly, I I don't say much. I said, you know what? By the time you're 20, you're going to be in the National Hockey League. And he looks at me and shakes. You know, he was a ball player too, eh? So then he ended up going to Victoria, the Junior A team, and Victoria scored 50 goals. And then we got we had Tyson Berry on our team, and then Lenny Berry was coaching him. And if it wouldn't have been for Lenny Berry, I don't think we would have got Jamie because uh, he was thinking of going to college and. And uh, at that time, too. So and then all of a sudden, Lanny told him, he said, I think if you don't go to Cone, I'm going to trade you to Flintlawn. He said so. so <laughs> he ended up coming to Kelowna because that's where that's where Tyson was playing as well. So <laughs> I think that helped quite a bit <laughs> with with Banner. You know what they think? He's just like, a, I hate to say it, but it, it, it's like the guys tell me it's just like running into a pig. That's 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 what he's like. And when when he was us, they called him the you know, what Pillsbury, Pillsbury Doughboy, like that's when he called him on up when he played with us, the kids call him, but he was, he was a phenomenal player. He turned into quite a player, boy, great kid too. It turned a great player. So it was, it was hilarious. If we go way back to Tacoma 
and I mentioned former guest Dale Perrington. If you had to put some money back on it back in the day, would you have bet that he was going to end up in the NHL or jail? Because technically, I guess he ended up both places. <laughs> That's a good point, guys. Like, oh, he was one mean cookie. Like, he was one tough kid. And, you know, he had the ability to play pro, too. Like, he had the ability to play pro. And, uh, and I think he did for a while. Like, he was, he was scary. Like, he was tough. And he could play the game a bit, too. He could play the game when he wanted to. And he, you know, and I guess you said, I guess he ended up in both places. But, uh, you know, he, he, it was, it's funny. You get kids like that. But he had a lot of talent. And he could have went. He could have done some things. I didn't think he did play in New York for a while, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he played yeah. A, yeah. 100 games or something, gone. didn't he? A couple hundred, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. He, he played. He played. Yeah, he did fine. He did okay. But uh, I trailed along the way, I think, somewhere down the later on down the road. <laughs> good. He's a, he's a, he's a good dude. He's hey, Lauren, one. can you can you maybe give us a, a name or a, a story on the youngest, like no miss? Like you went to watch this kid at an age. He was super young and, and, and he did ended up he did end up making it. Like, is there anyone that comes to mind when I ask cool. that? That's a good question. Um uh, a no miss that I, I really don't, uh, I'm, I'm right now. I probably couldn't, couldn't figure. I, I, I'm not sure about that one. I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure about that. I mean, you- Jamie Ben. I knew Jamie Ben would play pro and I knew Duncan Keith would play pro too. Webs, those guys. I mean, those guys were obvious. I mean, those guys, you know, those guys are going to make the national hike. Uh, but you know, as far as a, you know, we had Mick, Nick Merkley, it was really good. You know, uh, Rourke Charche was great for our franchise. You know, those kind of players. Dylan Dubé, like, you know, uh, those kind of players. Like, we, you Blake, know. Blake Como? Did Blake you, Como. Did you see? Yeah. Yeah, Blake. And Blake's done great. Like, Blake's had his last four or five years been outstanding. But I used to, I got into him with him one day at the gym in Kelowna one day. And I, and I, he was like, they would play in the summertime. And Travis would say, say to me all the time. He said, Lauren, this comb was unbelievable. He said, he's, he's like, and I said to him, I said to him, uh, and he only scored, I think, a couple goals or something. I says, and I think he had something like almost 20 the year before in New York or something. And then he went to Calgary or something. And I'd watch him on TV. And then I'd say to him, Blake, use your speed for Pete's sake. Just blow by those guys. Like <laughs> He used to make me so mad because he'd hold up all the time. And he was so strong and he could skate and, uh, you know, just a great kid too. And he's done really, really well the last four or five years. He's been excellent the last four or five years. So I think Barney touched on it. I just want to mention again. So this, the, the hype around Connor Bedard from a scouting perspective, like, is this kid the real deal? Like, is he going to be the, the next one? Well, I mean, you know, there, it, he, he seems to be proving it that he will be, uh, but it's tough. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, expectations are high for a lot of these kids. I mean, uh, look at the young kid in Montreal there. Uh, oh, um, Caulfield. 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 I mean, you know, last year they bring him up at the end of the year and they're on a roll in the playoffs and he plays great. And and now all of a sudden expectations are that this guy's going to be rookie of the year and everything else like that. And, you know, that's too much pressure to put on a young player like him. I mean, you know, let him play and, 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 and expectations are so high because of the way he finished last year and everything. And even with Connor Bedard, I mean, even this year, you know, guys were thinking, well, he should be ripping up the league. He should be getting four or five goals every game and stuff like this. And, you know, even prior before Christmas, like he wasn't, he wasn't putting up the numbers even that he was putting up the year previous even. And so 
I hear rumors about people who are saying, well, he's not the player that he's going to be and stuff like this. And then he goes to the world juniors and, you know, starts out as the 13th guy and then ends up in the top six. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a tough thing for a young guy to really try to, you know, to really try to fall into that situation and expectations are so high for him, but I think he's going to be a hell of a player and I think he's going to do just fine. And, and uh, he, you know, he'll, he'll, what, what's meant to be will be with him and that's, and that's up to him. So, but uh, I think, I think everybody's projecting him to be the first overall pick and you're thinking they're saying, well, he's another Connor McDavid and you know, everything else like this, but Connor McDavid's Connor McDavid's well. So he's proven what he is. So you got to give Connor a little bit of time to see if he can get there. So, but it's not easy. Trust me. It's not an easy thing. So and, we go, if we go back to something you said before, do you think that like the teams and, and how, uh, you know, maybe where a player ends up or the coach that they get on how they use players can really make or break them, like putting them in six in successful situations. Totally Shane. Like totally. They, you know, uh, I mean, there's, there's a thing that it sort of amazes you in, in the NHL. Like, so they have your top six, basically everybody says they got their top six guys. Well, you, you look at the NHL and then now you're really starting to show because of COVID and everything else like that. Now where a lot of these teams now have to rely on some of their farm league, team, their farm, their farm team. So they're giving some of these guys an opportunity to play where in the situation had not occurred. None of these guys, majority of them don't get an opportunity to play up. They usually sign free agents or whatever. And, and so more, more, a majority of your kids in your farm system, at least my opinion is they don't get that opportunity to play, but now they're starting to, to get that opportunity. And, and, and I think that uh, now it's starting to show that, you know, you put them in situations, you give them that opportunity, you live with them. They have to grow into the league. They have to develop into the league. They got to spend time there and they'll get better as it goes along, but they have to get the opportunity. And uh, I mean, Tyson Berry was a typical example. Like, you know, they, they, I think when they first got him, they questioned whether he could play or not, but again, give him the opportunity. So they gave him the opportunity and he proved that he could play, you know, and that's, and I think with some of these kids, the younger kids, I think, I don't know why they're afraid to do that, but in some situations, I think maybe they are, but if you're going to commit, you got to commit and you got to give them a fair chance to develop and grow into the game, especially the younger players. You know, pretty remarkable mentioned it earlier that even with the Rockets, since they first came into the league, like nobody works at the same place for 30 plus years these days. It's, it's remarkable. You've been there that long. Was there ever a desire or an opportunity to move on or go at the pro level? Or were you always just satisfied, you know, with the guys you had there and, and your team in Kelowna, Tacoma? Yeah, basically I was satisfied. I worked a little bit one year with Washington uh, when I was working with Tacoma, uh, Tacoma as well, but I, I'm not, I, uh, I loved the junior game. I loved where I was at. We lived in a great city. We had, a, we had a great franchise. We had, you know, I mean, Hey, I'm, I'm the first one to admit that Kelowna is a pretty nice place. And, <laughs> and I'm the first one to admit that, Hey, you know, certainly we have advantages. Maybe some other teams don't have regarding the place, but there's times we didn't get players neither. So, uh, you know, everybody says, well, everybody wants to go to Kelowna and it's easy. Well, Granted, hey, I'm the first one to, to respect that. But but again, we did lose players and, and, and uh, you know, just happy to be there. And, and, and we had we had such a good run and and, uh, you know, I had nothing really to complain about. And the NHL, basically the NHL, you don't get a, a lot of the area guys. They put in, you don't get a lot to say in what goes on with the organizations, unless you're assistant general manager or manager or whatever. So 
this way, at least I had a lot of input into our hockey team and I had a lot of say into our hockey team. And it was a lot more fun that way than just sitting on the outside. WHL kid that you didn't get that you, you know, you really wanted and, and maybe you missed him in the draft or he went somewhere else. Uh, Barney, I can't think that fast. Tell you the truth. Uh, so you're a senior advisor. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's why I'm senior now. So I can't think. <laughs> okay. Maybe it'll come to you, but here's another question. Yeah. Um, and, and I know a lot of people say the generic, you know, they're hardworking and all that. How do, how do Saskatchewan kids, maybe Manitoba, how do they differ from a BC kid to now? There's so many American kids coming from all the States. You know, how does, how's a Saskatchewan Prairie kid different? Well, okay. Here's the difference. So it's funny because now they go, a lot of the teams, now a lot in Western Canada, particularly BC, Alberta, gone to the academies. Yeah. So in Manitoba has these academy programs as well. So in all fairness, Saskatchewan and Manitoba are a little bit, it's funny you say that because in Bantam, because all these teams, the way they develop their players in, in Bantam, uh, it seems like the you know academy players are ahead. The academy players seem to be ahead of the game and the majority of them are getting drafted out of the academies. But in Saskatchewan, all of a sudden, the, the drafts go to play major midget here in Saskatchewan. And within a year, they're, they're as good as or better than most of the guys that have gone through those academies. This midget AAA league in Saskatchewan that plays these 15-year-olds and stuff, these kids, they improve so much. And within a year or two years, and they catch up to the, to the, the academy teams. And a lot of players, a lot of teams want the Saskatchewan kids. Because number one, they want to play, they want to be there. They don't have any issues with, uh, you know, leaving home or anything else like that. Uh, they, they're not high maintenance. They don't have agents that. Well, I guess some do, but because it's at that situation right now. But if you get a Saskatchewan kid, nine times out of ten, you're getting you're getting you're getting an excellent young man, and, and he just wants to be there and he just wants to play. Was there, was there a number of years there that you just kind of watched what Jim McIntyre was doing and how, who was playing at the contacts and just kind of watched well, a lot of those games? We had Shanner and then uh, we had Luke and then uh, who else we had? Como. Had a few, uh, Como. And then we ended up uh, West Bloom, I think. I don't know if West Bloom played there or not, yeah, yeah. but Cole Lynn, Cole yeah. Lynn played there. Jimmy and I go way back. So I was in Saskatoon uh, when I was, when I was coaching there and Jimmy and I go way back for years. We were very good friends. Yeah. We, yeah awesome. quite a well we, we kind of end these things lauren as we do a little bit of uh some rapid fire we'll ask you a question you can give us a oh, quick answer oh. or, or a long answer depends it's <laughs> up to you hey i'm gonna uh i'm gonna start so this is kind of my prototypical question but i'll just phrase it this way when you're on the road or when you were throughout all your years what was your favorite place to go whether it be with the team or scouting what was the the, the most favorite road place i'm going to say that you like to go Prince Albert. And don't say Swift <laughs> yeah. Current. I was, I was going to say Winter in Manitoba. But, <laughs> uh, well, no, not really. I don't think I really had a place. I just love going out and... Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I did end up going to Alaska a few times. Well, California was pretty good, too. So Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. Anaheim, Anaheim was pretty good. Phoenix was pretty good. So, yeah, those places weren't bad. But, you know, in honesty, guys, I just love to get out and watch. And I you know, didn't have any particular place that was any better than anyone else. And I, most of the time I'm there watching hockey and I, and I don't worry. I didn't, you know, really go, we didn't really go out a lot of times to, you know, to really socialize outside or, you know, you're, you're going to, you're at the rink at seven in the morning till 10, 11 at night. So yeah, you're, yeah. you're not, you don't have a lot of time for other stuff. 
I, I hear your wife chiming in on a lot of these, which is super <laughs> awesome. Okay. Going back, she probably loved these back in, you know, in the younger days, but how many days on the road did you spend most days in a year on the road? Did well, you spend? And it's funny because she kept count I when we moved to Kona, yeah. So she kept track. It was between 230, 240 days a year. Oh, so wow. Those were, those were, those were basically, and, and I got to give her a lot of credit because, and, uh, you know, she, she hung in there with me all that time and she spent a lot of time by herself. And I know, uh, when we were in Kelowna, she, she ended up, we ended up, I think she ended up having something like 26 billets and, and, uh, you know, and stuff like that. And, and she had to work her butt off and, and stuff, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, the kids that the kids that stayed with us, they love her and they still, they, every time they steer, they still, they still want to, you know, they, right you know, bond to her very, very well. And, uh. You know, so it's uh, it, it it was all long haul for her, but she hung in there with me, and I sure we speak we appreciate that more than anything. So this one will be this sorry this one will be quicker. I want to say smartest coach you ever worked with. I know this might be tough, but just hockey mind wise, just was leaps and bounds I, ahead. Well, you know, I think there's there's two, and I think uh, one's uh, probably Ryan, one's one's popular. One's probably not uh, a popular name. Yeah, that, that's true. Well, Ryan Huska is is probably and and I think from a technical standpoint, I think Mark Cabshide was very good. Uh, Mark, from a technical aspect, I thought was really good. Knew the game really well. Knew how to you know how to you know play the game with his players. I think he knew how to do that. And and Husk, uh, you know, Ryan Huska was I thought phenomenal. And the other one that really was good too was Danny Lambert. I think Danny Lambert turned out to be. Really, really good. Uh, an excellent young coach for us. And I know the year we won, uh, I think it was in 2015. I think if we would have had him back the next year, I honestly believe we would have won again. Uh, you know, so it, he he did a he he really turned into a real good coach, and he worked with Husk in those three or four years that he was with us. And uh, I think both of them, and then Mark, you know, Mark certainly from a technical standpoint and, and knowing the game and stuff was. Very good as well. All your Memorial Cups aside, would you have any idea of the guys you drafted or had a hand in bringing into the WHL that moved on and played pro, how many Stanley Cups they would have combined? Dean, I don't know if there's that many. Like, Duncan's had, what's he had, three? Yeah. And uh, who Trav. else? Yeah, Luke Shen's won two. <laughs> See? Uh, it's good as adding up, not that so, many. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Well, they didn't win a Stanley Cup, though. I don't. I'm trying to think of. No, I don't know if there's uh, any. There's got to be. Uh, we got over five well, jugs no, well, anyway. Well, Nolan, uh, I mean, uh, Cal Foot won one last year, so Cal was there. Won one last year, so yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I'd have to think a little bit more. I don't know if there's anybody else or not. I'd have to think. What but, round? What uh, round are you going to take your grandson in? Well, I won't be. <laughs> I, I probably won't have much to say about that. <laughs> but no, I, I told him, I, I said, I know a couple of years ago, I was telling Bruce, I says, well, I'm going to hang in till 2024 and then I'm going to draft Carter as number one. Then I'm retired. <laughs> I'm going to retire. <laughs> uh, why wouldn't the guy? They're, they're fun to watch. And uh, it's been great. He's uh, he loves the game and, uh, and he's, yeah, he's, he's a good player, but they all, they got a great, they got a great group of kids here. So it's good. Awesome. 
Well, thank you very much, Lauren. It was an absolute pleasure having a hockey mind such as yourself on the pod, and uh, we really appreciate your time. Well, guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. So uh, anytime I can help you, just give me a buzz. So Awesome. Thank Thanks you. a lot, Lauren. Yeah, that was a fantastic interview. The interview wrap-up for Malcolm Vanstone and 2020 Geomatics. We're going to get to them in a bit. But again, just a little bit off, you know, what we usually do. Uh, just to talk to a guy that has had a hand in sending so many athletes to the WHL and then to the NHL. Just loved picking his brain. Just sit down with him for a coffee and the Robin's Donuts and Swift Current and talk to him for hours. <laughs> yeah, no, I like I like his perspective on just how the games change, the kids have changed, the parents have changed. Pretty, oh, uh, pretty oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool stuff. So, uh, yeah, no, Lauren was a great interview, and we we're very lucky to have him on. It's uh, birthday season over at Twenty Twenty Geomatics. Want to wish a happy belated birthday to old comer. It was his birthday on Tuesday. <laughs> Not sure how old he uh, turned, but I got a picture of him from Stefan. He was wearing a Monday nooner toque. Looks like he was on some sort of uh, tubing hill at Mission Ridge. It had a gold chain to it. Like. I know it, <laughs> it was, was his hoodie like... zipper, but it looked like a gold chain. Yeah, <laughs> looked like he was big pimp in the He's gold baller. chain. He's Ten carrots sitting yeah. in the Coolio. <laughs> he was up Mission Ridge in white sunglasses and a gold chain for his forty-third <laughs> birthday. Sewed in some headphones into his nooner too. You have those brown boots not tied up with this like jeans tucked in. <laughs> jeans tucked in. And a <laughs> uh, uh, big wool socks on because it's cold out there. Yeah. No. Hell cover. Absolute beauty. 2020 Geomatics. Yeah. Subdivision. Up. Yeah. Give them a show. He'll talk for hours. But free quotes and he'll get the job done and he'll get it done right so yeah he is the guy you guys want to call if you want to chop up some land that I'll is be, for darn sure i'll be ashamed if he doesn't uh, bring at least three guys on that bus to Belcaris. Just, yeah. just just listen to malcolm speak speak wisdom all the way to Belcaris and back even be good yeah days. we might have to there you go that's a live show all in itself all the way to Belcaris. just give malcolm the mic yeah. and we'll just yep. record it he'll take a break during the urination break at fort capella and then he'll pick it right back up Hey, we uh, pretty far into the show here, but one thing we haven't mentioned on the show, and we actually didn't mention it last week, it came out after our show came out, but actually barring any cancellations, yeah. we, uh, we're going to be out in Lumsden on Sunday, oh, allegedly, little Access 7 broadcast, Monday Nooner collaboration with Access Now Sports to bring you the uh, Belcaris Bronx at the Lumsden Monarchs. This Sunday, it's going to air next weekend on Access uh, 7. And on the app, I think, too, province-wide. So. Really a bit off too much. <laughs> bit off more, <laughs> bit than, off too more than we could chew. It's, it's like taking me back to the Pat in 1990. Escalated quick. Too big. Too much. Too soon. Oh, too yeah. much. Too soon. So we'll see. Yeah. Let's get uh, toss us in the old fire. Hopefully, it's a good hockey game. I like it. Oh, everyone's like, do a game in every league. It's like, let's yeah. just try one. Game Settle close down. to home and uh, <laughs> access might have a change of heart as well. <laughs> we'll see how between the benches goes. Access, uh, they're going to be running a rerun of uh, the bingo program. Yeah, instead. my friend Ava cooking with Ava is going to be getting some serious uh, <laughs> green time on access seven if we don't pan out. But yeah, thanks to them for the opportunity. We look forward to it. So that's happening, uh, like I said, barring any last minute cancellations, which are happening right now. 
that game's supposed to be Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon out in Lumsden. So come on down, watch the game, and it'll be broadcast on Access 7. And Boz, you know, you know, whether it's Big Six, QVHL, or WHL, you can watch all those uh, all those local sports on on Access Now. I think they actually have an app called Access Now TV app.ca, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Access Now TV app.ca is what it is. Yeah. So, you know, you can stay up to date with all that stuff. Uh, follow them at, at Access Now Sports uh, on Twitter as well. And I think we retweet quite a bit of their stuff. As, as yeah. Well. And I have uh, Access 7. I watch a lot of Pats games, like a lot of nights. I'm like, ah, I don't really want to drive all the way to the brand. It's in high definition. Get old Bedsy and the boys up on the. Uh, 55 inch at home just tuck in have a have a last mountain whiskey watch some access seven do it all the time fellas while we're talking about senior hockey and our big game on sunday why don't we uh, hop right into the senior hockey soiree yeah sport clips beauties i may have to go there for a little trim before the uh for the big show on sunday i guess we'll have masks on they won't even know uh if it's me or boz but uh yeah might have to what? go for a little zip I got a good thing I was going to mention, but I'm going to save it for my take a seat, but it would have been a great time to chime in about uh, something, but I'll hold on to that thought. Very good. Good. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. I'm kind of due for a haircut and I don't think a guy can wear a hat during the broadcast. So uh, maybe I'll head to sport clips as well. You could wear a hat. Mm, that's a tough look in my opinion. What about a toque? I'm wearing jeans and a sport coat. No, you guys, you got to dress up a little to be on TV. No hats, no toques. That's the rule. Oh, sort of pants? a beanie. No, I'm wearing a suit. Whoa, 100%. This is big time. You're like really a suit. You're all, yeah. In. Wow, wow, you're rich. When's yeah. the last time you watched a hockey game and they were wearing freaking jeans and a toque? You've got every 10 hockey Bitcoin. game I watch. I freaking hate the play by play and the production of it. Why can't we be different? No, no Ten. jeans allowed. Okay. Senior hockey soiree this week. You guys got a neat. No, 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 no. No track pants. I bought this suit this summer. I've worn it once. So it seems like a great opportunity to put this $800 suit on for a second time. Is you know it, what I'm thinking? Is you still in the same shape as you were this summer? Probably not, but bought her a little loose, kind of new. That's always the problem when you wear a suit once every two years. It's Didn't not like it's my grad shape? suit. It wasn't 10 years ago. It was like two months ago. Hope it still fits. <laughs> they make stretchy suits nowadays too. It's good. All that stuff's good. <laughs> okay. Well, sorry. We want to get into the senior, senior hockey, hockey soiree. Okay. Sport clips. I, what do you got for Richie brothers auctioneer player of the week? I got some nominations. We'll Play start there. Okay. Hey, I got, uh, I got a shout out. I'll go first. Uh, player of the week nomination. I should say. I think he had four-point games in both games this weekend for the Grenfell Spitfires. I'm just trying to add. It looks like he had three goals and an apple in both of their games this weekend. Guy's an absolute stud in the Super League. Sanford King. Good name, too. That is a solid name. I think he had an eight-point weekend. I might have missed one or two apples. Uh, Yeah, he's having a great year for the Spits. 26 points in uh, 10 games. But, uh, yeah, so shout out to, to him out there. Had a big weekend. Sounds like royalty, right? Like he's a royal, like a, a knight or something like that out there, old Sanford King. It's a good name. He's uh, is a good name. He's actually uh, second or third in, tied for third in Coppell Valley Highway Hockey League uh, scoring. Kyle Johnston from the Lumsden Monarchs is actually leading uh, 
the league with 28 points. He's tied with Kevin Dufour with uh, the Monarchs. So, yeah, Sanford's just behind them in the, the race in the Coppell Valley Highway Hockey League, but he had an eight-point, minimum eight-point weekend for the uh, Grenfell Spitfires, so honorable mention. Well, we're going to go up and down here, fellas. I'm going to hop all the way back down to the California Penal League, or Div 3, as we like to call it, and uh, had a little call in here. Ryan Stolson has not played. They actually were like, he needs to be considered for Player of the Week. Settle down. It's Div 3. Like, relax. He hasn't played till two, since 2015, but... He did have a four-point night the other night, so hasn't played for uh, about six and a half years and just tucked four points the other night. So big shout-out to him, Ryan Stolson. Good for him. Apparently, uh, Bud Holloway had a huge weekend for the uh, Mooseman Rangers in the Big Six. He's leading the league in scoring. I went to go see his stats. Somebody just messaged and said, Bud Holloway, big weekend. They still only post freaking game sheets. And of course, you get the guys writing who you can hardly read. Is that a four or is that a nine? I don't really know, but apparently Bud had a big weekend. And when you look at the grand scheme of things, he's leading the big six and scoring with 28 points uh, for the Mooseman Rangers. So I'm going to give him a little honorable mention from apparently from the game sheets was a big weekend. So I hear a niner in there. I, um, I got to give a, pl- a shout out. 48 saves. Kyle Rainier. Yes, sir. Is that how you pronounce that name? Yeah. From the Rostern Wheat Kings. What a game. They lose 4-3 in overtime to Birch Hills. The two top teams in the Twin Rivers League. Rostern still uh, atop the standings, but they got a game in hand. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. 14 and 13 games played. So shout out to him in an overtime loss, but uh, that's stopping a lot of pucks there. Number 29, Kyle Rainier. A lot of rubber. Yeah, I got some uh, quick quick names to throw out from the Sask West Hockey League. They do a great job of highlighting players from uh, their league on their website, and they, they're sending me the league email now too on Sunday nights with their Player of the Week nominations. So I appreciate uh them doing their part. Um, just a couple guys they mentioned. We mentioned him before. Brett Matlock, goalie and bigger, had another uh, 44 save performance. It wasn't a loss, but he continues to play well. Mentioned this guy, Joel Grisbowski, goalie for Hafford. He had 50 saves on 53 shots in a 5-3 win over Edam. Of course, we've talked about Edam being a good team. So uh, Grisbowski played well in that game. I know the Drzinski's had a couple big games in Kindersley on the weekend. And uh, the Sasquatch player of the week was Blake Young from the Wilkie Outlaws, four and two, six point weekend. Runner up was Spencer Bast from Macklin. He had two and two and the shootout winner. And Macklin actually uh, knocked off the Wilkie Outlaws first loss in a couple of years in the shootout to Macklin. So honorable mention to Spencer Bast for uh, four points and the game winner in the shootout. And over to the big six, Redvers is, is, am I correct? Is Redvers still, they don't have a regulation loss? Yeah, 10 one one, I think. Sorry, no, like I don't got an honorable mention or anybody from them, but just uh, Redvers and Oxbow, yeah, like 5 3 again, another win. Redvers just keeps rolling there in the big six. Six or what about the Valley? We touch on the Sask Valley quickly. What happened there? 
You know what? I think they actually do a good job of posting their uh, players of the week on their website too. We appreciate when people give us, uh, we love talking about your leagues, but I'm not going through any game sheets, fellas. Like Central Butte, woo, 11 goals in a couple of games at home, Saturday, Sunday affair, sleeping in their own beds. They're soft. Actually, uh, their player of the week, it looks like, I think it was from this past uh, weekend. That uh, might have been two weeks ago. They might not have done it yet, but uh, their last player of the week they had was Andrew Domit, but I, from Eston, but I believe that was from the previous weekend. They haven't updated the old site yet out in the Sass Valley. They're busy out there. Yeah, I just went on to the uh, checking out the old White Monday here, fellas. Kenton Dooley, as we talked about him before, you know, 34 points in seven games, absolute <laughs> weapon. I know he's coming uh, down our way for provincials. I'm here. So, uh, well, really, where's he going? Craig, well, Mike Reach filled me in. They got the Dooley brothers coming, so they feel they're gonna they're gonna have a run. I think they're gonna have a little. They, the boys think they have a little run against Keniston out there. I don't know. It'll be uh, should be tough. That's gonna be a good. Uh, that's gonna be a good uh, provincial bracket. They have you guys to stay healthy. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw on the weekend, but uh, Keniston, number one team in the province, they squeaked one out against Lorburn. Eight seven final Ooh. in overtime. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, goaltending battle. Can you imagine Lorburn with Stuart Skinner playing? Here's a tidbit on that game. Lorburn dressed two, four, six, eight, ten skaters. How many Norishes though? That's what people want to know. One, two, three, four. <laughs> Half the team. That's <laughs> so cool. God, that's uh okay. What Should about Forsberg? Get... Was he playing for him? He's a good player for Lorburn, I'm pretty sure. Jesse, Jesse Forsberg, Forsberg, one goal, four assists. So there you go. Change. Keep Jesse on the ice. Keep him on there. That would have been a huge win, though. Wow, if they'd have pulled that off in OT against the number one team, would have been uh-huh. something. But Keniston squeaks it out. They'd have been chucking the gloves. Okay, they're they're not on the score sheet here, but they did play. So Rick Knickel. <laughs> Rick Long and Nickel? Jay Norrish. So these guys are like 49 years old. They had the like, story I heard. They had to like beg them to come and play. And I don't know what game they played in, but they did have some points. So for like 49 years old, sorry if I'm uh oh. A little bit off in the like that is amazing. So Unreal. I think we got to give the tarps to those guys. 100%. Maybe a couple XLs for those boys. Couple XLs for the boys. Yeah, yeah. I like it. That's Love a- it. So somehow, some way, we have to get Rick and Jay, the uh, Monday Nooner Player of the Week tarps from Last Mountain Distillery. They just won another whiskey award. Speaking of Last Mountain Distillery, oh, I'm having they- one of their uh, red wine finished whiskeys right now. So good. Ooh, I, I'm not a whiskey guy, and this is the first time I've ever had this whiskey, but I really like it. It's good. really smooth. And that's and not just an ad read. That's legit. The select one with the, the purple, the red wine one in the purple. I'm I, I'm not drink whiskey straight guy. Sorry. I know. But I'll put that up against anything else. I, I really like it. Yeah, it's very good. I enjoy it myself. Yeah, so they, uh, of course, their tarp for that Richie Brothers Player of the Week, Richie Brothers Auctions, uh, rbauction.com, to get a glimpse at the old uh, 
upcoming auction calendar. And I know Rob Donald is going to start a drinking game every time I mention RBA, he says on social media, but uh, buzzing and buzzing. Lots of things happen out there. The boys are buzzing at Richie Brothers. And of course, I've talked about that sale I've got next week. Going to sell some land out in uh, Torquay. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, rbauction.com, buzzing. Let's get into the tirade collectible pantyhose, whatever corner it is, belts. Who's that for? High tech profiles. Love them. Regina and Saskatoon, your custom steel processing specialists. Those weapons over there, we know uh, we know all of them, and they are always supporting local hockey and uh, anything local in the community. They're they're always buzzing and, and supporting it. So make sure you take all your stuff to them that you need done. They can absolutely do anything, Shink. I've been in that building. I don't know if you have, but I, I said I was in there when I had to pick up some stuff, and it is quite uh, crazy. The machines and the brakes and all this other stuff they got in there that uh, the things they can do is just unbelievable. Did you find out about belt buckles? Can they do belt they, buckles? They can custom cut belt buckles, but they're not going buckles, to. But they won't. Not going <laughs> no. to. Okay. I'm going to custom make me a fire pit this summer after Sean Stefan finishes my landscaping at the lake. Uh, that's fantastic. Okay, so you don't have a tirade or anything. I'm going to take it this week. I heard I heard you had a good one, so I just stepped uh, down. I, yeah. Maybe it's not a good one. It just bothers me. And Trent Meyer seems like a, a sane human being from yeah. high tech, so I think he's going to like it. All right. Tirade time. You freaking skids <laughs> that stand outside venues and smoke and people have to walk right through it coming in or going out. If you, if you need that dark, can you just move down the street a little bit, especially kids, kids are walking into these facilities and you know, these women are out there in their bedazzled jeans and these guys in their leathers and all that. And they're ripping darts minus 50 I get it's cold, but you know what? You're making the call here to have a dart. So walk down about another 200 yards. So people don't have to walk through your disgusting smoke and go fucking warm up your cutlass and get lost. There it is. Fishnet pantyhose of the glued on diamonds. Yeah. Crown in hand. (laughs) Go pay your tab. (laughs) Let's go. No, I like it. Good one. Trent Myers will love that one too, for sure. Absolutely. No, there you oh, go. So gross. High tech profiles, steel processors, Saskatoon and Regina. Give them a shout. Anything you need done, steel. Don't forget if you're looking for a truck or anything, mm, Chrysler, yeah. Dodge, Jeep and Ram in Rosetown, Saskatchewan. They're stocked up and Chrysler stocked. is they've got a promotion right now. Buy a new vehicle, you get either a $500 co-op card or $500 to the SCO for the next trip to Costco. So uh, that's going on at the, like the King of Trucks Chrysler Edition out in uh, Rosetown. The GM like the ship's starting to feel up a little bit. I like the co-op. Uh, shop local. Get the co-op mm-hmm. card. Right. I, I was thinking... I got a co-op number now in Regina. I don't have a co-op number. I got to give me some talk about that. I got to, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had, just haven't thought of it. We're going to get one this week. I know mine. So now when they ask, I throw it out there. I'm, you know, cause it kind of gives you a little memorized guy. Yeah. Once you oh, buy it, just, yeah, they, what's your co-op number? One, one, four, three, six, big Larry. Yeah. I probably use mine five days a week. Really? Oh yeah. Filling fuel. Yeah, I a lot guess of fuel. Lots. Yeah. But, uh, villain vanillas. Talking to the, the boys <laughs> out at mainline GM. And I said, uh, yeah, before you get that GM lot filled right up, they're slowly filling up. But I said we should have a little Monday Nooner Road Hockey tournament in that uh, big parking lot you got there. But uh, Scotty, have the treasure trail out ready to go. 
Yeah. It, you can order new trucks through them, obviously, on the GM side as well. So King of Trucks, Rosetown, uh, Mainline GM and Chrysler. Title sponsor. We'll be back tomorrow with the senior show. But yeah, take a seat. Rusty Shovel. The Stephanator. I know he's got lots of stock. He told me he's got lots of uh, stock for the spring. So if you want to hop right, if it's COVID still kicking around, right? Everything's pushed back. Oh, can't go, can't go here, can't go there. You might get a cold. So you're not going to be able to go to work. Call Stefan, call the Rusty Shovel. They'll hook you up with your landscaping supplies and you can get buzzing in your yard once it gets nice out. Prepare now, prepare now before he sells out. Soon uh, could be a place to go buy t-shirts. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, if you want your full horseshoe t-shirts, those come comp. Complimentary with a $500 purchase at the Rusty Shovel. That's a fantastic idea right there. Love it. All right. You want, who's going first? Take a seat, son. I'll go. And I, I hope to God Belter doesn't pull this one off in Lumsden, but uh, I don't know. Just take a seat. And Belts, I hope you don't take this too personally. People oh. that wear hats and then toques on top of their hats. <laughs> toque hat guy. Hat toque guy. That's Belter. That's a Belter move. Where's a hat and then a tube? Like, pick one. Take a seat, son. Either it's cold or it's not. Like, why would you wear a hat and a toque at the same time? Dumb luck. What if it's clear outside and it's sunny, but it's still cold, right? I'm blocking the sun out of my eyes, put my toque on. I'm hitting the streets, doing the Dalai Lama two-step. To be fair, you were inside when I saw you wearing it, but yeah. (laughs) Old farmer, it's what we do. Love it. Take a seat, son. Love chirping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People who wear a hat and then throw a toque on top. No, pick one. It's either hat season or toque season. There's no in between. Take a seat. Love it. Bad luck. That's nineties farmer. Look, I know I'm totally winter wheat guy. I just, uh, I got all the canola in the back of my truck. 50 K. Well, How about cool. take a seat to me? Take a seat, son. Yeah. I have to sell 50, 50 tickets at my son's uh, hockey tournament this weekend. Uh, what a gig. So I tried to, uh, I actually tried to go on Virage sale and Facebook marketplace to find a odd job guy. You know, some guys that are looking for a couple hours work on Friday. <laughs> Asked the one guy, he never got back to me. How much would you charge to uh, Hawk 50? I'm like, oh, he's going to steal the money. <laughs> what am I doing? So anyway, and then my other take a seat. Not my stations that I work for because I love them, but radio stations that freaking try and make themselves sound like they're in a big city and you're like in small town Regina or Saskatoon. And it's like, yeah, coming up at three o'clock. Hey, we got uh, Ron from Gardner Park. He wants to hear some Rick Springfield. Ronnie in Gardner Park. Just He's in Regina, you freaking doofus. So take a seat. <laughs> That's funny. My only take a seat, just one quick one, Boz. I uh, take a seat to the city of Regina plow drivers that love to block your driveway when they're plowing the street. Take a seat, son. I get it. There's lots of snow, but just do your freaking job. Lay off the hoots till after the job's done. Curl that, curl the old thing up there and pull her down the street a little further. You don't have to leave a two foot ridge. So my wife's dirty old minivan gets stuck on the ridge. And I'm going to dig it off my own freaking street, you pigeon. So take a seat. Clear the roads properly. Old guy screaming at the clouds. There it is. Hey, if your hockey team or anything needs a beer deal, remember DM us, Great Western Brewing. Get a little kickback action. If you're getting ready for the slow pitch season or whatever, your team's starting to talk. Drink Great Western, drink local, 016s. Oh, yeah. So that bus, 
Tarps off. Let's go. Let's get the bus going. DM us if you want to go watch Crake or Crake. Sorry, Crake. you want to go watch no. Drake. Settle down. You want to go watch Drake? Beach can suck it. <laughs> We'd go no, to Crake Keniston Provincial Final, but not until then. Yeah, not until then. Yeah, I'll go watch Crake play Kyle. If, or, play Kyle. if, if, if Crake makes it to Ke- the finals, Keniston, I'll wear a Reach jersey at the, uh, at the game. Go Keniston. That's all I've got to say. Let's go. That's it. We'll be what back are you tomorrow. taking us out with? Shane, tomorrow's senior hockey show. Tune in top 10 tomorrow. I jinxed the offspring last show. Did you? I said, they're not coming anywhere. They canceled their tour. <laughs> <laughs> you got to you got to do a deeper cut this week. Got to be real deep. deep. Something real deep. real deep. Long and deep. A real yes, good one. Real. Good country. Since you're drinking whiskey, here's a good uh, just real nice country. and deep. Feed Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that I know Pirates that of the Mississippi? Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. There you go. It's pretty deep. I like it. All, All right, later. Go. See you tomorrow. I'm standing at the crossroads in life, and I don't know where to go. You know you got my heart, babe, but my music's got my soul. Let me play it one more time I'll tell the truth and make it rhyme And hope they understand me Now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep If I die before I wake Feed Jake been a good dog, my best friend, right through it all. If I die before I wake, feed Jay.